Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Stephen Cragen and Simon Donnelly. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Well, Scottish football, indeed European football, saddened to hear today of the death of Vim Janssen, the former Feyenoord star, and from a Scottish perspective, the former manager of Celtic. So he gave Celtic one of their great days, winning the league title in the year that he was here, and also a difficult one, because as a player, he played for Feyenoord against Celtic in the 1970 European Cup final. A really unique individual, and one of his players is with us here, Simon Donnelly. Simon, sad news. Vim uh, Janssen. Yeah, very sad. Very sad. And I knew Vim was not particularly well over the last period. But as everybody else, you just hope people go on forever. Uh, and unfortunately, got the sad news this morning. I was out of a jog and the phone started pinging. And you know yourself, sometimes that can be good news. Unfortunately, today it was it was really sad news. And yeah, we've just we've lost a great. It was only there. It's amazing sometimes because people can be in your life for such a short period of time and make a huge impact and he was one of those guys you know came into Celtic at a, a crucial time in their history and managed to stop the 10 you know and that's gave so many people so much joy from his players to his staff to the supporters and that's why he'll be forever remembered with the Celtic uh, family and Simon will speak more about him with Paul Lambert one of your teammates from that time who'll join us on the phone in just a few minutes time there's a lot on today there's breaking news uh, as we come on air Alois Mohamed Nang has been hit with an SFA complaint over a tackle on Idaguchi at the weekend I mean I heard Barry Ferguson our own Barry the Alois manager speaking about his players last night and you heard it as well Stephen mm. he was saying look Nobody in our team would set out. Jikamaka said he was unhappy about some of the stuff, but Barry was resolute and said, we're not like that. And we went for it, but we didn't try to injure anybody. You wouldn't like to think that a, a player would go out and try and injure a fellow professional. When you play against someone of the quality of Celtic, you have to close them down. You've got to stop them from lifting their head. You've got to put tackles in. You've got to be physical. However, you have to play within the laws of the game irrespective of what you do. So I've never been in a dressing room, Paul, where there's a player's went out intentionally to hurt an opponent. Yes, there's been strong tackles in the past, so um, I think Barry has every right to do that. I think if you look at the record over the season, it's not full of red cards. So it's just unfortunate on that night there were a couple of tackles that were probably out of um, you know what they've done throughout the season. Big news coming in for Rangers fans. There was good news yesterday that Joe Rebo will be back in time. Probably not for tomorrow night with Livingston, but we'll be here for the weekend and for next week against Celtic. Remember, we're just what, eight days away from the old firm clash uh, a week tomorrow night. But there's bad news for Rangers that Yanis Hadji, so he was in hospital yesterday after uh, taking that knock at the weekend, twisted knee, operation yesterday, and Stephen, he's out for the rest of the season. 
I was at the game and, and, and the tackle that went in, you could see it was a sore one. He got up, he tried to jog it off, he tried to walk it off, he couldn't, he was limping. And then when you see the slow motion, Paul, because it was, it was blinded, he was trying to have a shot and goal and he didn't see the defender coming and he went full through with his knee. He's caught the inside of his knee. Um, if there's anything that, that can help Rangers, the timing of it that allows Giovanni Van Bronker still to go into the market before the window shuts. Of course, he'd rather, uh, rather have Yanis Hadji fit. But if he's not, it means he can go in, dip into the market, spend some of that Nathan Patterson money and potentially bring in a replacement. But it's sad news for, uh, for Yanis Hadji, no doubt about it. Well, just a few minutes ago, the manager was speaking and our own Joe Henry asked him, will he have time? Will he be replacing Yanis Hadji? It's a big blow. You know, we miss uh, an important player. is uh, is not available for, uh, you know, for the coming months. So uh, we are looking to to add a player to the squad. But as I said before, it needs to be a player uh, we think is right. You know, you don't want to get players in just to make up the numbers. You know, you want to have the the balance in the team uh, also good. But, uh, you know, we're we're definitely looking into uh, to add a, add a player in the coming days. And we'll hear more from Giovanni, who also knew Vim Janssen really well and he was one of his first coaches so there's an interesting story coming from him shortly we'll also hear from Ange Postacoglu speaking about lots of things speaking about uh, some of the tackles on Saturday night and speaking about uh, McGregor the captain Callum McGregor how when is he going to be back? It's a serious injury. Nothing's changed on that front. He's, you know, it's still a serious injury, and uh, we'll give him the time he needs to to heal and, and recover. And we'll be guided by you know the medical professionals on that, and by by Callum himself. Um, I said yesterday he was feeling better, but that doesn't mean it's still not a, a serious injury. And uh, as I said, at the moment we're just sort of uh, supporting him in 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 his recovery, and and you know hopefully um, you know get back to being part of. Uh, set up here again soon because the big game is uh, coming all too soon isn't it Simon from a Celtic point of view Callum McGregor but still no visibility of when he's going to be back yeah it's, uh, it's a concerning one for Celtic obviously a big player the skipper uh, but when you get concussion and, and, and took a blow to the I think it was the cheek or his face it's imperative that the health comes before anything else Paul to be honest and I think that's what Ange stresses there but yeah, it's a concern on the playing side because he's, he's a major player for Celtic and they can't really afford to, to lose. They've lost Rogic, who is one of the other familiar ones in the, the middle of the park. So there might be some tweaking to do, but yeah, give him all the time and, and hopefully he can make a, a full recovery for the Rangers game. Plenty coming up in the next nearly two hours. Simon Donnelly's here, Stephen Cragen. 0808 17 17 700. Give us a call in the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. And on the line now... Simon, one of your great former colleagues. He's been on the show with us a few times and it's good to welcome Paul Lambert. Paul, good evening. Hi, Paul. Paul, obviously really sad news today. I think everyone shocked to hear that Vim Janssen, I mean, most people hadn't seen him for a long time, but that smile was always there, but he hadn't been well for some time. But Vim Janssen, um, he'll live long in the hearts of Celtic fans and, and players like yourself who knew him so well. Well, it's tragic. It really is. I mean, when I first heard this afternoon, it was... It was an absolute bolt to me that that was. I knew he wasn't well with the with the dementia and things like that. And and the, when I get told this, this afternoon, it was it was gut wrenching. That was I never I never expected that. And Simon will probably again get more more detail. But I, I think without him, we wouldn't have won the league. I know we had a really good side at that time, but we stopped a really good Rangers team. And, he preserved the 10 in a row, the great Jock Steen era, which I always think will never be better than Celtic. And Celtic had lost some great players in that 
season under Tommy Burns when Hoy don't stay and people like that they can't it was, in, it was a, as a massive achievement what we done at that time but you need a you need a captain to steal the ship and he was certainly he was certainly yours. Simon, what's your memory? What's the first memory when he came in? What's the difference that he made then? Because that's a great point about some of the players who had gone just that previous year. Yeah, well, uh, I think there was a calmness. I think there was a calmness with, with him. I think uh, Lambo might be able to correct me, but I don't remember him ever losing the rag or losing his temper with any of the players, you know. And I think in such a volatile season and such an important season in the in the club's history where emotions can run high whether it's at half time full time it was always one you know he'd always stipulate that we'll, we'll sort this out on Monday you know when emotions are running high things get said incidents that happened in the game might not be seen in you know the clear light of day he would give it to the Monday and then he would sit you would give them time to to go and Calm down over the weekend if it had to be done like that or, or, or think things through. And then he'd discuss it on Monday with the guys that would be concerned. And I just think it worked. You know, looking back, hindsight, I think, he, as, as Lambo says there, the guy steering the ship needs to be calm, needs to be focused. And he brought all of that to, to that season. And I, I agree with Lambo. You know, an incredible job. And I don't think we'd have done it without him at the helm. And of course, that other great name, Henrik Larsson, Paul, who was mm. introduced and, uh, you know, we were all, you were all playing that day's first game Well, you were um, at Easter, Easter Road. Road yeah. And I remember the pass mm. and Chick Charlie and all the rest. But my goodness, mm. that was some combination, wasn't it, with uh, bringing in Henrik Larsson? You know, it's funny, Paul, I, I was actually speaking to Henrik this afternoon about it and then, uh, obviously we can't believe what had, what had happened. And, and I, I came in, I think, November time, so I didn't really know Henrik and, and some of the guys that, that Vim had already signed and guys like Simon and Jackie who were already there. And, and so I knew the Celtic had a, the meetings had a decent team as whether the squad was ever going to be strong enough to, to last that whole season. But they done, they done it, which was an incredible achievement, as Simon said there. But Henrik, it's funny because I was talking to Murdo as well, just things are coming out of my head. And when I was on the phone to Murdo, Harold Backpack had phoned and you forget about people like that that, it done a brilliant job for us at, at, at that particular time. But Henry was, as everybody says, at the top end of the pitch, he, would, he was scoring a blink and eye, which made a huge difference to us. But Vim obviously knew him from the final days. And Simon just touched on it there. I, I never ever recalled Vim Janssen losing his rag. Never. Even yeah. even when we drew one each at Dunfermline that day when when Morton scored and we'd still another game to go for the title. Yeah. Vim never, he never ever came in and lost his temper. That's true because the plan. I was trackside on Scottsport at the time, so it was our live game, and the plan was uh -huh. to interview Vim right at the end. Because my memory was you weren't even getting showered there; you were going straight in the bus to get back to beat the crowd. But and he mm. did the interview because nobody expected it was a late goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it was, and yeah. he so, so he didn't ever lose the rag. So Vim Janssen so persuaded you to leave mm. the Bundesliga with a European medal. I mean, not that long ago. What what did he say to you, Paul, that made you think, right, I'm going to go from here? Because you were loving life there. Yeah. You'd won the Champions League. What did he say? During mm -hmm. the first time I met him, believe it or not, we Scotland played Belarus up at Aberdeen because Hamden was getting renovated at that time. And I was I was still with Dortmund, no problem at all there. And, and um, I was in the boot room at Aberdeen. And if anybody knows, mm -hmm. the Aberdeen boot room at that time was really close to the dressing rooms. And uh, Vim and Murdo walked in and they closed the door. And Vim says, would you give me another chance to try and sign you? And at that time, 
in the, in looking at I've got a game here. I said you just have to do what you have to do for Celtic. And I'm still a Dortmund player, and and that was the first kind of introduction I had him. And then that's how I kind of met him. Was it was in Aberdeen uh, boot room at that time before that that qualifying game. So and then when I came over, he just told me what I I kind of he needed sort of thing, and and then the rest went from from there. But I I, I mean I don't know if Simon. But it's a funny thing we were in the treatment room one day at Parkhead and. Ben walked in with his Dutch international top on. I think he won the World Cup final. And, and, and he had that wee smile on his face and said, Paul, I'm put a bit of weight on and all that sort of thing. But okay, he was, listen, if Ennis could have a career like that, we'd been doing all right. His career was just a phenomenal. And if you look at Johan Cruyff's quotes at the time, let's say that he wouldn't have been the same player as him. Jansen never played behind him. So that it just shows you how, how talented a footballer he was, let alone a manager. Yeah, great, great stories. I, I've got one for the training ground. I don't know yeah. if Lambo can remember it, but it, it was during training and we'd stopped for for water break or whatever you want to call it. And he'd got the he'd got the boys in for a, a wee chin wag, and somebody was Vim was very unassuming. He was never ever one for a for a quick line or, or or a put down. But somebody had said something out out of line, and for the life of me, Lambo might be with him, but I can't remember who it was. And his response was. Have you played in two World Cup finals, son? And the guy <laughs> and the guy said no, and he says, "Well, come back to me when you have." And it was just a great line. All the boys loved it. I can't. Uh, can you remember who it was that spoke? Oh, I can't remember Lambo. So much. I, mean, I can't remember, but I, I remember him. A brilliant one was we. I think we played at Parkhead one day, and they they pulled Phil uh, Donald, God rest him, and Phil. They pulled Phil and he says, "Phil, you understand? Do you understand?" And he yeah, left him. Yeah, standing yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> I was I was killing myself laughing. Yeah. It was really, but it was that unassuming. But I don't think when you when you have that level of football, two World Cup finals, it's very hard to put put a come down to somebody who's been at that highest level. But but it was it was just it was just absolutely brilliant. I'm absolutely shocked he's not here anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's sad. It was very, it was very matter of fact with that. Just as he, yeah. as Paul's reminded me there, it was it was you were you're in the stand today. You understand, yeah. <laughs> and you had to take yeah. it and yeah. like it a lump it. You know, Dutch way. It was, yeah. it was up to you mm. to try and win win him over. Yeah, he was mentioned quite a lot at the start of the season, wasn't he? Because with the someone come from the J League yeah. as he did when Ange Postecoglou came in, and people have said that, and we've talked about Vim Janssen. So here is Ange today speaking uh, about the the death of. Vim Janssen. For our football club and I guess uh, the organisations he's been involved in, with um, a massive name in Dutch football and uh, both as a player and as a manager. But you know, I've often said that for all of us, we, we get to the privilege of, of coming through these clubs and you know, I guess our ultimate ambition is to leave some sort of mark or some sort of legacy and uh, he did that in 12 months. You know, he's, he, The impact he had in just one year at this football club uh, is fantastic. He certainly did, and Stephen, we know that's uh, it was a huge thing. The ten, we've yeah. seen it again just last year, and you know you can't overstate the importance to Celtic fans now and for Rangers fans last season to to stop it because both sides would well, give anything to get ten. Just a couple of things that you know Simon spoke about the calmness and so did Paul. I just wonder was that because he didn't have any previous association with Scotland yeah. or with Celtic he didn't yeah. bring any baggage he didn't bring any fan you know just good he was question. able to focus yeah. on himself or was that just his demeanour and how he yeah. went about things good question I, I think maybe a bit of both right. you know he, mm -hmm. he was an experienced campaigner he played I mean I've, a, a Dutch friend phoned me today he was one of few to play for Feyenoord and Ajax yeah. you know he'd, he'd been over the course I think 
we were a wee bit ignorant when he came in the door. You think Vim Jansen, who's this guy? I, I was, I'll be honest enough to, but then you, you, you research it. But I think Craig's point is he wasn't part of the, the, the football set up here, he was somebody new, and I think that helped us. He obviously had Murdo beside him, mm-hmm. uh, and, and people round about the club. He would know the importance of what he had to do, what his job was. But I do think that helped coming up, coming from a different environment and added to his makeup. I think he was a naturally calm guy. And I think it worked. It definitely worked because you can imagine highs and lows that season and, you know, everybody up to fever pitch in the dressing room. He was the calm, you know, in the storm. Paul, why did he leave then just... Was it days after you'd won the title? Yeah, we were yeah. in Portugal. It was, aye. Right, went in Portugal and he told us, didn't he? And he yeah. And, and you thought, listen, this is, this is a dip. You can buy it. From my own case anyway, you can buy it and you, you have the pressure to turn the road thing, which yeah. which I've got to say was the hardest title I've ever won at Celtic. That, that was, without a doubt, that was way and above the hardest title to, to have won. And, and um, I think when you, when you look at that, I think it's really underplayed what he'd done Paul mm-hmm. to be honest with you. even when I go back to Parkhead at times which, which has never really been back that many times there's no too much stuff going about Vim Janssen there you have the picture in front of the stadium but for what he'd done I think there should be a higher accolade for what he'd done in, in, inside the ground itself in some of the memorabilia mm-hmm. stuff there should be a lot more of that for him because what he'd done was was un, un, well well underwhelmed mm-hmm. For a lot of people were yeah. but when you look back on it it was the hardest thing I'd ever done and he left because obviously everybody knew he wasn't ignoring with the board yeah. he told us in Portugal and then it, it was just mayhem after that we never really recovered for a season or two because I remember at the start of the season and in the paper it was the record said because Rangers going for 10 really strong mm-hmm. and they published two Rangers teams because Rangers are a really strong squad and they yep, said right. the second you remember that the second Rangers squad which was still a really strong one was better yep. than the Celtic squad at the beginning um, here's what Giovanni van Bronckhorst said this afternoon then fellow Dutchman and he knew Wim Janssen well you know I'm very uh, sad to hear it you know very sad to uh, that, that Wim Janssen has uh, has gone you know you know, live with uh, the family. You know, I've been I known the family for for many years. You know, I had I had him uh, as a as an assistant when I was a player, as a coach, and uh, I was telling the story um, while we heard the news to to Russ Wilson that he was the first coach when I was a youth player to uh, let me train with uh, with uh, with players who were two three years older than I was. So um, he saw my potential. Uh, when I was young. Great to hear from the Rangers manager, remembering yeah. with such affection, of course, they're, they're both uh, Feyenoord heroes as well as Celtic. Simon, that's a great point that Paul made, that the club should make more uh, of them, Janssen. Look, time goes on, it's what, 23 years or yeah, so, think, but shouldn't be forgotten. No, and I don't, I don't think it ever will, to be honest, but yeah, I don't recall Vim being back a hell of a lot. You know, I think... I, I, our paths crossed a, f- a right few years ago now. Uh, I think it might have been a charity game and we got five minutes in the corridor at Celtic Park with him. But I don't think in his, his nature, obviously he wasn't well in, in recent times, but I, th- I don't think in his nature, you know, he wanted to make a song and dance mm. about it. He came, he did his job. And for whatever reason, you know, I, I, I'd have loved him. He, he just brought a book out there recently. So yeah. maybe it's in his book, but I'd, I'd love... I'd have loved him to have been given the opportunity to tell his story again, you know, all these years after. 
Paul, he came to see both of you at the World Cup finals in 98. I know that yeah. because the last time I saw him, because I interviewed him a lot that season, I last saw him at a Metro. So I was on the way from yeah. San Denis from the stadium and I saw yeah. th- there's uh, Vim Janssen. Yeah. Paul, listen, thanks. Yeah, was, yeah. What's your final thought then, Paul? Listen, thanks for sharing it. We know it's you're, you're both shocked, uh, the news. But what would you say finally about Vim Janssen? Well, I mean, I could only end on, on an, an incredible guy, an absolute genius to have done what he done with, with, with us as a group of players in one one season, and and should be remembered as as arguably the, one of the greatest managers, albeit in, in one time at Celtic, and a, and a terrific person. That's that's the way I can sum up. Paul Lambert, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Yeah, there's football on tonight in the Cinch uh, Premiership. St Mirren against Aberdeen. Saints getting back in, getting the odd goal here or there. And Aberdeen back on the chase for third spot near the top of the table. And then tomorrow night, Dundee United against Ross County. I guess both of you guys will be taking in games tomorrow. Dundee United, Ross County. Hearts against Celtic, probably game of the day. Motherwell against Hibs. Rangers against Livingston. And St. Johnson against Dundee at the bottom of the table. How many times can we say nobody can believe about St. Johnson? But for Callum Davidson, who spoke frankly about the situation yesterday... They have to win surely tomorrow night, I would think. So we're going to talk about all this uh, shortly. There's so much in the go. If you're just tuning in, Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Yanis Hadji, I'm afraid, out for the rest of the season. Uh, He had surgery yesterday on his knee in London. I think it was in London. Um, It was. Thank you, Joe. And uh, Giovanni Van Bronker spoke about it this afternoon. Yeah, he's out for the, the rest of the season. And we will hear from him now. We assessed uh, him uh, in the last days and, uh, you know, Haji uh, needed uh, an operation yesterday. So he's, uh, he's been, uh, he was operated in London and, uh, you know, we won't uh, have Giannis for, for the season. So that's a big blow for all of us. And of course, a huge disappointment, especially for, for Giannis. Spoke to him this morning. He's a... Uh, you know, he's he's in a good place. He's uh, of course not happy that he um, that he has the injury and needs to be operated. But uh, he's quite focused now and positive for his recovery. But um, you know, we will we won't have him for months. So that's the um, that's the bad news uh, for us. The good news is uh, we have uh, Ryan Jack and Scott Alfield back uh, in the squad tomorrow. And we'll come to that in a moment. That is good news. Stephen, you were there. You were covering it. I was listening and watching it the weekend. What happened when, when, you, when you saw it? It didn't look that bad or did it? No. Whenever you see it on the replay, when he has a strike and goal, because he's striking for the ball to have a shot, he doesn't realise the defender's coming in. The defender nicks a ball and he's still 100% going for the shot. And his inside of his knee caught, I think, the defender's knee or his foot or somewhere along the line. And automatically, the first thing he done was grab his knee. And he held on to it and he didn't let go of it until the physios came. And even when he came on, he was tentative about letting it go and you make that's when you think to yourself something not right here he did get up and he tried to walk and he tried to jog but he wasn't comfortable at all it'll be interesting to see what the kind of injury is because normally if it's a cruciate injury uh, you normally have to wait for the swelling to go down and then operate a few weeks later you know by the time it gets settled down so um, I mean is he just out for the season will he be out longer than that and it's certainly an area of the pitch where I think Rangers are short anyway is a wide player an out and out winger I know he can be versatile, he can come inside, he can play a number of positions. So when you lose a player like that, 
you probably have to go and bring someone else in. I think Rangers have probably lacked an out and out wide player. I know uh, Giovanni has changed it slightly. He wants to play as wide players on the touchline as opposed to always coming inside. So it may just give him scope. I know we touched on it earlier to go and bring in an out and out pacey wide player. But but you know, when you think of Yanis Hadji, he impacts games, even coming off the bench, he scores goals at big moments. So he'll be a big loss. I heard someone saying in the programme last night, Simon, oh, shouldn't have played him against Sterling Albion, but you can't go into a game saying, well, you'd leave out. That's hindsight, isn't it? Yeah, I think, uh, did Ange not get criticised for that with Kyogo at one point as well? You've got to, listen, the guys pick teams to go and win games. Hadji has been, he scored a fantastic goal up at Petaudry. Uh And Gio felt he was, he was good enough to go and, you can't legislate for, for injuries like that. Uh, unfortunately, he's picked this injury up, it's going to keep him out for the rest of the season, which is a real blow for the lad himself, you know, because he's found himself in the team there, uh, a decent bit of form. And now they're going to, it'll be interesting to see that there's not much time left in the transfer window for, for mm. Gio to do some work and try and replace him. You're giving me my cue for my six days, five hours, 29 minutes, and 10 seconds. So Nigeria's lost, though, as Rangers gained. Joe Rebo, they're out. It was a surprise. Um, he'll be back, probably not for tomorrow night. Here's the manager. It's good to have, uh, have Joe back for himself. You know, it's been, of course, not a good result in the weekend. So, uh, Bet for for Joe that he couldn't uh, play on in the tournament. Um, he's traveling back uh, from Nigeria today, so we'll be uh, back in Glasgow tonight. So we have to assess him uh, if it's smart for him to uh, to be in the squad tomorrow. But you know he will for sure be available um, from the weekend and and of course after. Simon, as a former Celtic player, former Celtic star. How big a blow is that to to Celtic that he's back for the weekend and for the Old Firm game? Well, I touched on it on the show uh, a week or so ago. I thought they would maybe struggle up at Petodre without him. He's been their star player, uh, top performer for Rangers this season, Arebo. And looking at social media over the last few days, I think uh, the Rangers fans are quite happy that Nigeria have been knocked out uh, quite early because you, th- mm. you would think Nigeria would be one of the teams that go into the the latter stages so it's a, it's a big plus for Rangers because there's no doubt he's been their, their best player this season Stephen how good is he I take it there's no chance that he will be going the transfer window he's oh, well. been, yeah because he, he's been the shop window at AFCON I don't imagine any Rangers players will leave now in the transfer window because if that's the case then I think you hand the initiative right over to Celtic if you're losing I know Conor Golson's another one we may speak about later on potentially going but I think uh, Simon's right that, that uh, Rangers certainly lacked a spark up at Pataudry and so often this season, Joe Rebo has been the one to bring that spark. If it means just drifting by a couple of players, we then create space for someone else we can play a pass into, whether he has an assist where he gets himself a goal. So they looked um, quite uh, not easy to play against, but they were kind of one-dimensional without him. So to have him back for the weekend, have him back for the old firm game, when it looks like Celtic could be missing a few, Rebo's there, uh, Morelis uh, will be away, Kimar Roof's not going to be going in international duty. So <clears throat> I think... All in all, it, you know, naturally Rangers delighted to have him back. But I think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, you know, saw the emotional side of it and said he would rather, you know, be successful with Nigeria. That's a disappointment him coming back. But certainly having a player of that calibre coming back is a, you know, a big boost. Stephen, what's the word on Ryan Jack? We know he's been back training, back it, in the squad. It's been a frustrating time for him because he's a smashing footballer, no doubt about it. And some people tend to think that he's been out, you know, struggling probably for the last year to 18 months. That he isn't just going to come back into the team and just be the Ryan Jack of 18 months ago. It's going to take him a little while to get up to speed and, and find the tempo of things. But, you know, it's been a real roller coaster for him. Um, 
there's been a couple of false dawns where he's came back and he's, he's had the missed games again he's come back again so the good news is first and foremost for football fans when someone's been out so long you want to see them getting back into playing football doing what they love and then of course the national team with the big games coming up in March you just wonder if he gets himself back into the Rangers team with you know, with Billy Gilmer maybe missing for those games, you know, will he have a part to play? We've got a few things here in the studio. We've got the 40 million up there. That's what they are chasing. Rangers four points clear. 40 million, 35 <clears> to 40 million. Whoever wins the title this season. We used to have an Eddie Howe watch up there out the window <laughs> to see, and that was uh, months and months ago. And there's also the John Souter watch over there. Any word today in John Souter? Apparently a 300,000 bid from Rangers. Well, I say a bid, but now they're saying about 600,000. I still yeah. think he'll go, but what, <coughs> what do you be, reckon? I think yeah. it'll be somewhere in between. Mm. Uh, I still think he'll go. I think Hearts will be trying to get as much out of that deal as they possibly can. And I think Rangers want him. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made you know, the, the initial bid at the weekend. So I would not be surprised you're saying six days. I would say three days from now, we'll maybe get a, a green light with that one. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's a Rangers player by the end of the transfer window. Fair play to him. He's a total pro, isn't he, Stephen? I know he's getting paid yeah. by Hearts just now, but he's you know getting booed by some of the supporters. Uh, he's playing there. Do you think he is going to go in the next few days to Rangers? It seems inevitable. You know, I think Robbie Nielsen would rather have a... a an end to it it saves all the distraction I mean being cynical about Scottish football would it be ideal for Rangers to sign him on Thursday morning indeed after they play against Celtic you know why would you bring him in before that when he can go and play he's probably Hart's best <coughs> defender I know he's come in for a little bit of criticism he didn't play at the weekend but that's a game you'd want to play in Hearts against Celtic or Hearts against Rangers at Tynecastle, full house atmosphere you think you know what a way to go out for John Souter he could also then make himself a Rangers favourite already. If he goes and has a good game, scores a winner, or, you know, does something, get a clean sheet, whatever it may be, and suddenly then he's already got you know some support of the Rangers fans. So, listen, he's worked hard. He's deserved his move. All his attributes he's got. He's a full international. He's 25. You think about central defenders normally reach their peak late 20s. He could reach his peak when he's at Rangers, so I think it's a very sensible. He's only twenty five. He's only twenty five yeah. years of age. Kind of looks older, you know, more I mature. He's, I think he's yeah. been to the team at sixteen. Yeah, and Simon was, and Jackie yeah. put him at sixteen. Sixteen. Wow. He's been yeah. around for for years, uh, but even then, he's got the temperament. You know, oh. the, the, the has he? Is he just calm yeah. the way he looks on, yeah. the, on the pitch? Yeah. yeah, we played him in a, a semi final at Hamden, and it, it, nothing seems to phase the boy. And now he's obviously older and mature. I think. Uh, It'll not be nice getting a bit of stick off the Hearts fans, but he'll treat that professionally and it won't, it won't uh, affect his performance. Mm. He started the season with the bang because he scored, didn't he? The he opening did, game and, against and Celtic. I didn't even think yeah. about what Craig's is saying there. Huh? I didn't even think yeah. about the, the cynical side of it, of possibly playing yeah. on Wednesday and signing on the Thursday, but that could possibly happen. You've been around Scottish football long enough you <laughs> should know about the cynical side of Scottish football. It could football. possibly happen. But also about the... You know, if they don't sell him now, I heard someone talking about the weekend... They wouldn't get a sell on no. if, if Rangers sell him on. Whereas if they sell him now, even for three, four hundred grand and get a twenty percent sell on or fifteen yeah. percent, and he goes for three or four or five mm -hmm. million pounds in three years' time, Hearts get another cut. Whereas if he goes in the summer for free, they don't get anything. So I can imagine that's what they're they're kind of arguing about. I can imagine that's where the issues are at the minute. It's trying to work that in. And that kind of money pays for I mean Hearts are one of the best players, yeah, in Scotland, best payers, then that would be a couple, maybe three players. That's their salary. So that's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, we heard Jerry Britton on the programme 10 days ago saying 40 to 50 grand that they should have got if the authorities had allowed, as they should have, the fans in a week past Friday for the yeah, game with Comarnock. Yeah. 40 to 50 grand. This doesn't come from a, a magic no. tree somewhere. 
it has to no. be earned and you so, don't make it up elsewhere yeah. you know a club like Partick Thistle I know we're going off track but you don't sure. make that up because you don't get to play Kilmarnock at home mm. again you know when there's a big crowd Derek McInnes' first game with yeah. fans allowed in and things like that would have would have generated good income Simon Donnelly tell the truth are you on a cut if he goes <laughs> no because <laughs> no. you and Jackie might no matter were involved when was that tell us briefly when was oh, the when? 2013 where were you uh, at Tannadice Tannadice yeah, yeah, yeah John yeah. came through 16 and you know great attributes then but his mental strength for me and he's came, he showed that recently as well coming back from two or three injuries certainly the two Achilles injuries uh, he's came back stronger than ever he's got himself back in the Scotland team and he deserves his move I was going to say here's his manager speaking about him but it's not not yet it's GVB well I said before we are uh, happy that John will uh, join us for next season and and I think it will only come only this window if uh, if we think it's uh, it's the right thing to do. And if not, then we'll welcome him uh, in a couple of months. Late on Friday. <laughs> if only they still had the transfer yeah. thing on Sky with Jim White with the yellow tie. Let's go up to Tyne Castle. <laughs> so what's going to happen there? Celtic fans, we've got a lot more coming for you in a moment or two. And Ange Postacoglu is referring in a few moments to what he'd said to his players at Alloa the other night and this is going to be controversial because Barry is one of ours here as well on the programme and he I thought he was brilliant last night on with Rob and Mark and we'll hear a little bit of it but Ange is speaking and he is going to reveal what he said to his players as the game was going on and because they lost what Gucci, they lost their captain Callum McGregor and Leila Labada as well when they won 2-1 uh, in the cup so more of that in a moment or two. For Rangers, looking forward to the game tomorrow with Livingston. And Simon, Rangers want to get a decent result. It's the kind of game they would do well, isn't it? Last season at home to Livy. Livy can be tricky uh, at Almondvale, but are you expecting tomorrow night the Rangers to, to score a few? Or is that unfair to Livy? Uh, I think Livy can be a tough test, but I expect Rangers to win the game. Mm. I think uh, whether they score a few, I don't know. But yeah, at home... I think it's a big night again. You know, Celtic will find it difficult at Tynecastle. Always a difficult mm -hmm. fixture. We'll come to that later. <laughs> yeah, but I think yeah. Rangers, yeah, I fancy them to be strong, strong enough to get the three points. Uh, whether Arebo's back, it might be a wee bit too early for him coming back from the African nations, but I think Rangers will have enough to get the three points. Rangers close to signing new deals for the keeper, John McLaughlin, and young Alex Lowry. And you were there, you saw him, Stephen. Yeah. What do you make of him? Very good, you know, for someone at 18 years yeah. of age to not be phased by going on an Ibrox, you know, people were saying it was only Sterling Albion, but he wanted the ball at every occasion. Nothing seemed to phase him. He was very assured, very composed. You know, he was bouncing the ball he's a about. Striker, midfielder. Uh, he played as an attacking midfielder. Yeah. So he, he, he looks very slight. You know, for an 18 year old, he looks like a little slim. So he probably needs to bulk up eventually, but he's got all the technical attributes that you'd want as a Rangers player. I mean, I've, I almost said a player, but it would sound, I'm not mm. comparing, but Messi's. You know, slight, isn't it? There's a lot of great players who are slight, but, but, but you know, bulky. You yeah. know, you couldn't knock Messi off the ball. Sure. No, no. You know, I think a big gust of wind would blow Alex Larry over. <laughs> that, that's what it looks like at this moment. But certainly, you know, technically and how you get involved in the game, wonderful goal. I mean, a really nonchalant finish. You know, for the first goal, it didn't seem to phase him, and he was just after the game he spoke and he couldn't take a smile off his face, which is always nice to see for young players. You can't really say in the cup, oh, it's only Sterling Albion or it's only Alloa. You know, two one there. Or it's only no. Kelty Hearts. My goodness. <laughs> oh dear, what's happening at St. Johnson? Mm. Uh, we'll talk about that as well uh, during the programme. What's happening with Connor Goldson? We're going to talk about that next as well. But next up, we're going to hear Ange Postacoglu and we'll hear what Barry was saying last night. 
The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! go, go, go. It was great to get a winner this morning on the breakfast show with Crofty and Grado. Did you know what it was, Stephen? The appliance... It was the dishwasher. Are you good at the dishwashing as well? I'm sure I'm sure you are. Well, yeah. I've got a mobile one which is me. <laughs> so no dishwashers in my house. Just the sound of that, it was putting in the, the bit of soap. It's easy once you know yeah, when Crofty yeah, and Grado said a competition this morning, it gets up yeah, it gets yeah. a brand new kitchen worth ten thousand pounds. Yep. And a chance to win a holiday tomorrow morning as well. Looking forward to it. That's the breakfast show from when you get up. Match day, well, match day tonight for St Mirren against Aberdeen uh, and tomorrow, games all over the country, as we mentioned. Some of the headlines today, well, Vim Janssen, the former Celtic manager, died today, age 75. And some great tributes from Simon Donnelly's former player, Paul Lambert, and many others coming in as well. Murdo McLeod, Murdo will be feeling it today, he's former assistant manager. Yeah, and, and, and a good friend. We, we had the, the show we spoke about, actually, yes. uh, in, in November... We actually tried, Vim had, uh, Murdo had been over visiting Vim just before it and we'd tried to get him, we'd invite him as a guest to come to the show, maybe spend a long weekend and it was just to get him up on the stage and take the accolade of the, the, the fans. I thought it had been a great moment for, for Vim uh, and certainly the fans to thank him again but it just wasn't well enough, Paul. You know, and Murdo came back and said it's, it's, it's not going to be possible uh, and as I said at the top of the show, you know he's unwell and you just... You hope these people go on forever and unfortunately 75, it's it's no real age at all. Uh, so yeah, a very sad day. Elsewhere today, Stephen, Yanis Hadji out for Rangers and that's um, that's a real blow to Rangers and, and the player who was just beginning, was mm. he, do you feel, to yeah. establish himself? Well, it's because he's so versatile. He can play in a number of different positions which means that Rangers can change in shape or change in game without having to worry too much about um, you know making substitutions. So, I think it's, listen, first and foremost, you look at the player, we all know we all love playing football or he certainly loved it. He's got a real appetite for the game. So for him to be missing games at a crucial point in the season when Rangers are trying to get the title and they all know what's at stake in the summer. Um, but, you know, it, it opens up an avenue for someone else now. It opens up an avenue for the manager to go and spend some money. Possibly, you just wonder if they are going to bring a replacement in, which he mentioned. Will it be short term, just the end of the season? Or would they look to try and bring someone in that's you know longer term for the next three or four seasons because you look at Celtic bringing in players they're not bringing in stop caps they're bringing in players that are going to be there and they can build something so it'll be interesting to see whether that's the case with Rangers It's been a really active uh, transfer window especially for Celtic we will talk about that shortly Well he was on the show last night as always on a Monday night Barry Ferguson he's the front page of the record today um, saying it's absolute nonsense to suggest I had a game plan to hurt Celtic players what were we supposed to do? roll over and give them an easy time. No, I asked them, the Alawa players, to go out there, get in a few faces and bite a few ankles. So, Ange Postacoglu was asked <clears> about it today, um, about the refereeing of the game and uh, protecting players. This is what he had to say. Wherever I've managed, uh, every country I've managed, even at major tournaments, we sit down at the beginning of the year and the referees show us vision of you know things they'll be looking for in the coming uh, years and, and the rules, you know, since I started managing 25 years ago, there's always been little tweaks. But the one consistent theme always is they always show us vision of tackles they deem to be reckless or, or dangerous, and that they will always get punished um, because it's it's a big part of protection of the player. Um, 
you know, this year was no different. And, and you know, if you show footage, the vision of that tackle, you, that's exactly the, the vision we get shown mm-hmm. at. Know, know that, that that's going to get handled by the referee. You know, I'll be honest, I told some of the lads towards the end of the game to just not bother going into tackles, to just look after themselves because I didn't want any more injuries because I just didn't feel that there was control of that environment. Well, Ange Postogoglu said just a moment ago, he told his players not to bother going into some of the tackles late in the game. There wasn't control of the environment. Simon, what do you think of those comments? It's a strong opinion from Ange. I think uh, Celtic have obviously not had their problems to seek with injuries recently. And I think on the back of picking up another two or three injuries the other night, I think, again, the game was only 2-1. You know, it's not as if... Celtic were, were cruising at 4 or 5 nil, so it's, it's interesting to, to hear his comments there I've watched the tackle back Paul and the boy's late it's a bad tackle it's late I don't think for one minute he's went in to try and you know hurt Edigucci I think it's just a late tackle he's caught him in the ankle and it's a bad tackle it's a bad one and the boy's going to hope, uh, suffer now I think Callum McGregor's the, the jaw that could keep him out for a bit as well I think a bad I get an injury as well it was one of these games and I think you find them as well sometimes you go down the lower leagues a, a cup tie away from home and I, I know Fergie Fergie wants to play football he doesn't want to be telling his players to go out and, and deliberately hurt players but sometimes in games like that late tackles happen uh, and unfortunately for the Gucci he's, he's quite a sore one So you think he should have got a red but you don't think it was malice a No I don't, I, I don't nope. think so No I've, I've looked at it and again, how many times do we watch things slowing down, mm. slow motion? They look, it's, it's a bad tackle. I mean, he could have, he could have built the, the lad's ankle. Uh, the referee's missed it, you know, and I think there might be uh, a, a complaint to the SFA, I'm, I'm believing today. Yeah, so that has gone in. So, Mohamed Nayang, there's yeah, a complaint there might, there might be, in over the challenge. There might be some discipline stuff. Yeah. For the, but again, I, I don't think the, the lad went in to deliberately hurt Adiguchi. Stephen, what do you make of it? And also... Has a manager ever said to you, you played no. so many games for Motherwell, for Northern Ireland. No. Have you ever, has, has a manager no, ever said, I've don't go into tackles? I've never heard a manager say to any player. Certainly, you know, in the group, whether someone spoke privately, I'd, I'd be very surprised at that. We all know, you know, that there's boundaries in football you can, you know, go to and there's lines you cross. I think the bigger frustration it sounds with Hans Postacoglu is the referee was probably two yards away from it. You know, we're, when you see it on the TV or even you're at a game, you're quite a distance, yeah. but the referee's pitch level, he's yards away. You know, if he can't see that, then I think it's a bigger slight than Don Robertson. You know, there is a there's a still people have put on social media that when that when the Yang's gonna tackle the ball, Idiguchi is actually standing still. And there's probably it looks certainly about a yard between them. So people keep saying it's a 50-50 tackle. It's not a 50-50 tackle, no. it's about a 90-10. Mm-hmm. Because he's actually got a studs on the ball. And either Gucci's saying, Well, I, I'm gonna stand off. What you can guarantee is he won't be doing that again. Yeah. If yeah. someone comes in for a tackle and he thinks he's not getting it, the first thing you do is take his feet off the ground just to make sure he's not following through on it. So um, you know, the, there's protocols referees have to look at. Excessive force, is it brutality? Is it endangering an opponent? Is it a dangerous manner, the tackle? Yes. All referees have to do is tick one box out of about 10 to give a red card. That probably ticks the majority off them. So I think it's over-exuberance. I think it's excitement. You know, He's going about, he's making tackles, he's wanting to make an impression. But again, it has to be within the laws of the game. That wasn't within the laws of the game. And I think it's a red card. Should have been a straight red. Absolutely straight red. Right, here's what Barry said last night in context when Gikamakis came out 
I'll ask you some what you think of that. And Barry said, no, I'm not having that. That's not what we went out to do. One thing about my players is um, they're 100% committed. Uh, they don't go out, they try and hurt fellow professionals. Um, ask them before the game to be aggressive, uh, get in Celtic's faces and try and make it uncomfy as possible for them. Um, but in terms of it's going out to try and hurt players, that's not in my makeup. I've and you, you, we know Barry well. Um, they were trying to close Celtic down. You could talk all day about this, couldn't you? But I, I think Don Robertson, he really did miss that incident. What, what about the McGregor one? Um, he took a nasty one. Did it look as though it was uh, I think, intentional? Again, I don't no, think, I think so. Sometimes yeah. these things just happen, I think. And because two or three happened in one game, it's yeah. more of a focus on it. As I say, I've, play, I've played in games like that as well. And it's no disrespect to, to, to Aloha. Sometimes going down the, the, the leagues, it's a cup tie. As, as Craig says, they'll be up for it. You know, it's Celtic are coming to town. They want to try and uh, make it as difficult, and they did on the evening. They did. You know, the, the plastic pitch again does for me doesn't help things. It's a bad tackle. It's a bad tackle, and it's a red card. Here's the manager speaking about one of the players injured at Gucci. I was asked after the game, and to be honest, I hadn't even seen him um, when I got asked. And you know, when I went back into the rooms, it was quite obvious that it was a significant injury. And you know, when you look at the vision of it, it's uh, to be fair, it could even been a hell of a lot worse. And uh, yeah, again, disappointing that uh, you know he's had to deal with that. And what about the impact? Uh, of the injuries on transfers with six days to go. Sort of the, the strategy we had going into the transfer window, we've, we've accomplished um, what we wanted to accomplish. And um, yeah, from now on, it's just about sort of solidifying the group and, and continuing to, to play. Um, you know, injuries, like I said, we at some point, you know, we'll, we'll be in a, a better place um, you know, when all the players sort of get through their different rehabs. And um, yeah, hopefully that come the sort of business end of the year, we, we, we've got, you know, the strong squad we need. Strongest squad? Is it strong enough squad, uh, Stephen, since I last uh, was on the programme with you? Celtic undoubtedly have got stronger. It's four points now. It was six for such a long time. Um, do you think both sides are going to lose points between if, now and Yeah, May? of course they are. Of course they are. I mean, if, if all Celtic players are fit, the squad is really, really strong. There's no doubt about it. You know, the three players that they've brought in, the four players they've brought in, certainly enhance that squad. They give them a bit more strength and depth. For example, when Kyogo was out in the first part of the season, he didn't have a direct replacement like for like. They jack a Macus, they had a Yeti, so they had to slightly change how they played. Now with having Mayera, is he as good as Kyogo? We'll find out in time, but he has that dynamic pace and it gives, brings that dynamism to the front line of Celtic. Uh, you know, Midfield players, there's lots of them, but then you look at suddenly, you know, with Kyogo being out, David Turnbull being out, uh, Idaguchi being out, Callum McGregor being out, the midfield trail, with Tom Ruggett's going to win international duty, the midfield trail for the for the Rangers game, I, I was noting down, could be James yeah. McCarthy, Hatati and O'Reilly, who haven't played in an all-firm game yet. Maybe McCarthy's played minutes here and there. But that is a baptism of fire. So when you think that is a real strong part of your team, suddenly you lose Turnbull, you lose Ruggett, you lose McGregor, who were absolutely terrific in the first part of the season for them. You're putting players in who don't have the experience of that intensity and the atmosphere and what it brings and what it means. Listen, it's still a game of football, we get that, but sometimes, you know, Sam will know more. The old firm game is different than any other game. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how those guys would adapt. I mean, especially, you know, O'Reilly coming in for your debut, or for example, wow. in the old firm game, yeah. I'm thinking, what is this all about? The speed and the tempo and the intensity. Yeah. So, you know, from where they were last week to where they are now, you know, there'd be slight concerns from Celtic. Do you know that's the first hour has gone? 
There's so much more. We're going to hear more for the ahead of the Hearts game tomorrow night from the manager, GVB, about Livingston tomorrow. And we're going to hear from you too. We'll take some calls. 0808 17 17 700, Simon Donnelly, Paul Cooney and Stephen Cragen. And we're on the socials at Go Football Show. And the game tonight, St Mirren against Aberdeen. Lots to come after the news. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. This time tomorrow night we'll be winding up for the games. We'll be here with Davy Proven, Barry Ferguson and we'll be looking forward to Hearts against Celtic, Rangers against Livy. Four points at the top of the table between the two, the big two. We'll also be watching Dundee United against Ross County. Stephen, you'll be looking forward to that mm. one. And uh, Motherwell against Hibs, Simon, out there in Lanarkshire. And St Johnson against Dundee. We are going to come to that. There's two points in it, but St Johnson, Stephen... Callum, David, we, the words we thought we would never say, we're only yeah. days into the next year. He won two cups in 2021, yeah. but you can't buy a win at the moment. No, some people say he won two cups in 2021 and some people will say he's lost 10 games on the bounce. You know, that's yeah. how quickly football changes. The thing is, if they are thinking about getting rid of him, they've spent some money in January, they've actually bought yeah. some players. Mm-hmm. So that would make you think that you know, the Brown family are going to Steve Brown's play. You're going to back him, give him the time to go and do it. You know, you can't just throw someone in the scrap heap after having a tough spell. But means going right to the end of the season to make sure they stay up then. You know, I think he certainly has enough credit in the bank to try and keep St Johnston up. It's one of your old clubs, Simon. Yep. Alan Forrest has rejected a move to St Johnston. Could have been a good signing for them. They need a bit of spring, don't they? A bit of spark that he could have brought. Yeah, they do. I just I watched the scenes as they came off the pitch at Kilty Hearts on Saturday and it's, it's, it's hard to... To fathom, you know what, they were, they were superheroes last season. You know, two two Cups, Callum couldn't do any wrong in the Cups. Uh, most successful manager. Mm. And then everything turns in football and all of a sudden you're, you're wading through the St. Johnson fans who are giving you dogs abuse going back to the, the, the dressing room. It's a big game tomorrow for them. Mm. It's against the team that's directly above them. I don't think Dundee have been in great form. They uh, they got the result in the Scottish Cup, but certainly not domestically in the league. It's a massive game, and it's at home, I believe. So St. Mm-hmm. Johnson really need to go and win that. Now McGinn has just joined them. He's been a good player at Aberdeen. He featured a lot under Derek McInnes, but not so much mm-hmm. after Stephen Glass. What is he? Thirty-four now, Stephen. But be good career, isn't it? Your fellow, now. you played yeah. alongside him for S- Northern smashing, Ireland. Smashing yep. guy as well. You know, yeah. good for a dressing room. Is he? Is he a laugh? Yeah. He looks a laugh. No, it just hasn't. Like yeah. he's a good teammate. You know, he's not gonna. Uh, upset people he goes about his business he trains well he mixes well with everybody and he's still got plenty of life left in him now you know he can play off the right off the left I think Craig Brown brought him in initially when he first joined Aberdeen and he brought him in as a centre forward and look at I think he's the 15th highest appearance record holder at Aberdeen which is incredible almost 300 games I think goal scoring is about 16th highest score in the club's history so he certainly made his mark at Aberdeen over two spells and if he can you know, kind of regenerate some of that for Dundee. James McPake will be desperate for him to do that because Dundee haven't scored enough goals this season. St. Johnson haven't scored enough goals, hence the reason why at the bottom of the table. So it's no surprise you're trying to bring in front players. But And I'm going to flip it back to St. Johnston. They haven't scored enough goals and they've signed two centre-halves in the transfer window. Yeah. It was kind of a bit bemusing for me. And someone like yeah. Kyle Lafferty. Mm. I know people, you know, people can like him or not like him. Kyle's a brilliant yeah. boy as well, a really nice guy as well. He's just a bit misunderstood at times. But he scored 13 goals last season for Kilmarnock, yeah. albeit he didn't stay up. No. But if you could offer St. Johnson or Dundee a centre-forward who could score you between 8 and 13 goals between now and the end of the season. Remember the highest goal score in the first half of the season was 9 and Tony Watt. Kyogo had 8. I think Kyogo possibly had 8. 
So if you could guarantee someone seven or eight goals and nine goals between now and the end of the season, I am very surprised that Dundee and, and Alexis and Johnson didn't go for someone like Kyle Lafferty who has a proven goal-scoring record in the top That's a great point. 1-3, 13 goals. I mean, that's a lot in that short period yeah. of time. And I know they went down. Yeah, their goal difference is minus 16. I mention it because he's such a... He's, he's a great guy, loves that club. But in the summer, I remember thinking, Simon, they'll be lucky to hold on to him. And they lost Ali McCann, Jason Kerr, which I think they, they sold both of them the last few days of the last yeah. window. And I think that was a real blow. But sometimes teams have had mm. their day, haven't they? And it's time to break it up. Yeah, uh, I covered a few St. Johnson games last year and I thought they did have a good blend of experience and the youth coming through. As, as you say, they've lost the likes of McCann. And maybe the, maybe the older guys, maybe they are just coming to the end of that team. Uh, and confidence can't be high. And, and Saturday will not help. Saturday will not help going well, to Kilty Hearts and, yep. and getting beat there. They need something. They need something. And, and that, is, that is a huge game tomorrow. Because I think if, if they don't get anything, if Dundee win that, it's five points adrift. Mm. Uh, and I know what Craig is saying. I th- I, we, we touched on... Uh, Nadir Sifji going there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's featured in the first couple of games. You're looking for somebody like that to come in and, and, and try and lift it because without it, scoring goals, you're in problems. And it has to happen soon for him. You get the sense that Callum, you know, let's hope um, it's not his last mm-hmm. game, but if they were to lose. But you're right, of course, Scraggs, that only yesterday he's still buying players and that's a sign that the Browns are right behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they've got some money. They, they must have, a, after well, the decent sold, run, they're well, well, they sold two players. Of course. They get through a, they get through it with the two two rounds in Europe, different competitions, yeah. which could generate anything over half a million pounds. They've sold players, which probably generate them in between one and one and a half million pounds. But yep. there's no point in having plenty of money in the bank, Paul. You need the money to spend on players. You want us to make sure you're in the I'll division. never know. <laughs> That's young Stephen Cragen and also young Simon Donnelly. And I say that in the context that as uh, Claudio Ranieri left in the nice range over today from the training ground, he said goodbye to the Watford players. And uh, 20 minutes later, in came the new manager. And of course, 75 years old he'll be in the summertime. Roy Hodgson. Right. Yeah. I don't know if they've actually announced it, but he's there. He was in getting some pictures taken. 75 in the summer. This is his 22nd managerial job. So, Sam, you've got about another 30 years in, in the game. I'm surprised Phenomenal. He's, I'm surprised isn't he's it? still yeah. got the hunger, I suppose. It's, what do they say? Is it worth another rage in it? Is is another, it I know. Is it worth signing a contract there? Is it worth using the paper? What do they do? No. I mean, because. Not at Watford. And we're just touching on it. I think. I think Callum's uh, a little bit more safe at St. Johnson. I think yep. he'll, he'll get the time, but Watford, I seen that yesterday. It's ridiculous. Someone put a tweet out and said, Roy Hodgson's joined Watford for a month. Sorry, I mean six months, because that's how short-term they are. Of course. Yeah. Yep. I think it's, I heard someone saying today, 16 or 17 managers mm-hmm. in seven or eight years they've yep, had. I heard that. That's their yep. model, that's what they want to do, but somewhere along the line, I mean, it seems as if now they went sensible. You go with Roy Hodgson, who understands the game, knows how to get team to win games, continually kept Fulham in the top flight, got them in the European final, kept Crystal Palace in the top flight, mm-hmm. so that may be more sensible. Will it? he keep them up? Because Norwich are suddenly with their players back now and under Dean Smith are revitalised. Anyway, that's England. There's so much uh, to talk about here in Scotland. This time tomorrow, we'll be getting ready for Rangers against Livy. Here is GVB speaking about the club from West Lothian. We keep our standards, you know, in, in our uh, our, uh, our way of playing, you know, and uh, make sure we, we, we go for 90 minutes to... Uh, to win the three points 
and uh, the way game we played, um, we had a, a tough game, a game where we uh, we scored the third goal, um, you know, later than we wanted. But um, they showed this season already they can be, um, you know, very hard to beat because they're. Uh, quite a, a good team with a, you know with a with a good spirit and uh, they keep it compact don't give uh, you know many spaces away for the opponents so we have to make sure we are on top of the game and uh, and do everything to uh, to get the points 29 points uh, between them will we see the young man who came on on Friday night and who lit up Ibrox Alex Lowry he's, he's already you know been an important player of the of the academy, also a player uh, we think will develop into a uh, you know very good player for Rangers. So uh, we are putting all our energy in making sure he his development will continue. It's only one game. I'm I'm confident that he will get his progression as well. But you also know with young players, it's not always easy. I think his uh, his mindset is really good and. Uh, the energy we are all giving him to uh, to develop even 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 uh, even better is also there. So you know, I think he will. He just needs to work hard and make sure he's uh, he's becoming a better player every every day. How many games can he play this season, Stephen? I look to you first because you yeah. saw him on Friday. I know that's a tough question. I'll tell you why it's hard because they're in a title race. Everybody knows it's the what the most lucrative title race has ever been in Scotland. Yeah. So trying to integrate young players in to give them 10-15 minutes here and there will depend on how the games are going. If they're well ahead in games, if they're comfortable in games. Because the pressure is, you know, winning that pot of gold at the end could relieve a lot of pressure for Rangers, you know, could relieve a lot of pressure for Celtic. So it, it, it's such it's so finely poised. Yes, he's done well and, and, and he's shown his quality. I think well, that's more than anything that the manager knows he can trust him, put him in if he has to. But there's other ser a, a serious challenges um, sorry, more experienced senior players, international players who are ahead of him at this moment in time. But it's nice to look around and think that someone's coming through from the academy because when you think when Stephen Gerrard's in charge, there was nobody, Nathan Patterson naturally was the only yeah. one, but there was other ones, Kai Kennedy, um, Josh McPake, you mm -hmm. were getting good you know, plaudits coming <clears> through from the from the under-18s and never actually made that jump. So it looks as if Giovanni Van Bronckhorst wants to make that jump and allow the players to come forward. But... With so many big games coming up, you may just have to be a bit part player. Here's the manager speaking about uh, any more transfers. We have to wait. I mean, it's uh, obviously we're always looking to um, to add players to the squad and uh, make sure we are, uh, you know, prepared for if something will happen. But uh, when we have to uh, to move, I think it's only good to bring players uh, who can add something to to Rangers. And if we want players in. They have to be the right players, otherwise you can better keep your squad as it is. Cedric Itton, as he as a former striker, Simon, what do you think of him? He was on the other night and he could well feature now between now and the end of the season now that he's back from the loan. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that's why uh, Joe's brought him back into the equation. He's something a little bit different from the likes of Morelos. Uh, and I think Gio's went on record saying that, so I think he will feature. It'll be interesting to see, just on the back of the, the Hadji injury, if they do go back into the the, the transfer list and, and try and bring somebody in before the window uh, finishes and strengthen that you know midfield to the front position because Hadji was one of the, the main strikers uh, in that area and you know it'd be nice to see somebody the young kid Lowry coming in but I agree with Craig's I think his time will come you know there'll be other opportunities. Sure. 
but what a boost for the boy, you know, to get in uh, and and listen to his manager's words there, you know, that he's he's got a future. Oh yeah, they are going in to get somebody else. That's when we heard him in the first hour of the programme. If you're just tuning in, yep, they are. Joe asked them about it and he said they will look to bring someone in in the next few days. So don't go far away. Yeah. We'll keep you up to date on the socials no, here. You've got the next yep. Scott Wright. Scott Wright's done well in, sm- yeah. in, in mm-hmm. small bursts but hasn't sustained it over a period of three, four, five games. So, you know, if you're going to go without Yanis Hadji, who you know what he'll bring to you. Ryan Kent, of course, can do it. Sakala is the same, a little bit in and out. So to go with Sakala and Scott Ryder as your backup wingers would be fine. So you'd probably need someone to come in. And again, there's no point in bringing someone in just to be as good as them. They have to come in and be something different to them, Paul, so you can add to the squad and, and you can make a better team, which then challenges Scott Wright and, and Sakala to try and push the levels up again. So you would think with his contacts throughout football and for how long he's been in it, there'll be somebody somewhere where he'll have his eye on. He'll be already be trying to work on a deal to try and make something happen. So lots happened, but more to come during the transfer window. Um, for Celtic, they've got Hearts tomorrow night, huge game. I'm not happy that Hearts have cut it to 1,000 for the travelling support. And I see Robbie Nielsen saying, oh yeah, it was 3,000, I think it's right. We've got 19,000 fans. What's happened to having opposing fans there making it, you know, a bit of a, a competition and, you know, does it affect it on the field? Anyway, here is uh, Ange Postacoglu speaking about tomorrow night's game. It was a um, a different start for us. Um, you know, there's no point uh, sort of regurgitating everything that went on at that time. We kind of know the situation we were in and, and what we had to deal with. The players coming in, going out, um, you know, it was, it was a very sort of less than settled period for us. I still thought we performed okay on the day. We... we we lost narrowly, uh, but um, obviously it wasn't a great way to start the league, but we're a different team now. We have been for quite a while, to be fair, not in the last sort of couple of weeks. And uh, as I said, it's the fourth time we play them, so we kind of know um, what we're going to get. Remember that night, Simon Kyogo? I think he was just off the plane, wasn't he, the he day was, before? Yeah, yeah he was. <laughs> uh, and we couldn't have, on his performance that night, you wouldn't have said how well he was going to go on, mm. but you could understand, just as you say, off the plane, new to, to Scottish football and... Yeah, Celtic, there wasn't much in the game, but they didn't go off to a good start. And It seems such a long time ago it now, does. doesn't it? That's so what I was just thinking there when Andrew was talking about it. Long time since you've seen Christopher Julian. We know he was in the bench the other night <clears> in Halloa. Here's the manager speaking about his return. When? You know, he's a fit and he's available. Now it's just a matter of opportunity and, you know, that'll, that'll come um, when it's there for him. I mean, it's like I said with the other players. Uh, you get an opportunity for, for different reasons. Sometimes it's because of injuries, other times because of me wanting to change things or, 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 or alter things. And um, the key thing for, for Chris is that he's training, he's training well, his fit is available. Now it's just a matter of, uh, you know, for him to bide his time, get his opportunity when he gets it to perform well. Stephen Gregan, that's your position. Uh, Christopher Julian at the back. Do you sense he'll be back in tomorrow night or it's maybe not the place at well, Tencastle? What do you think? Probably not, but I think if he's fit, he plays. I just think him and Carter Vickers would make a, a terrific central defensive partnership. Starfield's done well, no doubt about it. Um, but I just look at the attributes that Christopher Julian has and I think it, it just complements Carter Vickers very well indeed. Uh, you know, Celtic's back four, it looks as if it's going to be Greg Taylor and, and Juranovic as the two fullbacks. So it's just a case of trying to get Christopher Julian up to speed. He's certainly got an able replacement in Carl Starfeld. But I would imagine if you asked the majority of Celtic supporters, you know, Christopher Julian or Carl Starfeld, you would think longer term that Christopher Julian would be the one to come in and play and they're just his physical presence I know sometimes say, people say he's a little bit soft sometimes, but he's got so many attributes good pace good in the ball good 1v1 defender so um, I think he would fit into the style of play 
and the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre and we all agreed that Nir Beaton will play in the midfield especially with the injuries Simon we were talking earlier on about what it might look like against Rangers for you Nir Beaton yeah I think so uh, obviously McGregor will be a miss I think Hatate last week I think he will play uh, how good was he on terrific. his debut he was terrific yeah. and it didn't look as if it was his debut I mean that's the biggest compliment I can pay him he looked as if he'd been there for three or four seasons especially in the first half he kind of died out a bit in the second half which as I said understandable hadn't played a lot of football but what he showed in the first 45 he's a proper football player he can get it receive it in good areas good vision good awareness and a great work rate as well which I think all the Japanese players have brought to Celtic uh, in their short period here so I think it's those two and one other mm. Atati and Beaton and, and, and for you who would it be? <laughs> you're putting me on the spot uh, depends who's fit yeah Listen, depends who's fit yeah. McCarthy is obviously the other one that's there uh, but it's from from being a really strong position in Celtic's team you know, a couple of injuries. Rogic away with the. Uh, Is he well ready? Yeah. Is he well ready? Well, yeah. he'll be Paul away. Um, you know, that's what I was trying to. I was trying to piece together. Yeah, because I think he has be, gone. Yeah. yeah. Because my head is. Yes, is he going He's away. Yeah, he'll be away. Yeah. So my head is away. Rodrigo away for Rangers. Morelos is away. Aribo is back. So it's part of the landscape now, isn't it? They'll be away for all the different tournaments. There are more and more FIFA tournaments, and the way Celtic play, there's going to be a turnover of players with injuries and the speed. And you know, you mentioned Tatati. Anyone's going to run out of pace, aren't they? Puff. Just the speed that they started at in that game. I think it's going to be a fascinating game. But there's games before it, and the manager did touch on that slightly crazy because you know Rangers have got Levy tomorrow night Ross County away and look at the you know rejuvenated under uh, the manager and then Celtic uh, Celtic have got Hearts tomorrow night then Dundee United at home and, and then the game with Rangers so I know we love to look forward not least here to t- a week tomorrow but there's so much before now and then quick break and then we're back with more the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. It's the Tuesday evening edition. We're going to speak to Rob McLean shortly. He's at uh, New Love Street. That's what I call it anyway. It's uh, yeah, the St Mirren Park. For St Mirren against Aberdeen, good game tonight. Let's get your no, we'll get your predictions uh, shortly. Well, we've been talking about some of the headlines today. Uh, Alawaz Mohamed Niang has been hit with an SFA complaint over the challenge on Idaguchi at the weekend. Yanis Hadji is out for the rest of the season. Joe Arebo though will be back, probably not for the game with Livingston tomorrow night. Now McGuin, McGinn has signed for Dundee. Rangers have new deals, just about for John McLaughlin and Alex Lowry. Jamie McGrath back in the fold for St Mirren, we'll find out soon. Alan Forrest has rejected a move to St Johnson. And there's a bit of chat about who's going to be the new Queen's Park manager. It sounds as though there'll be news quite soon about who that is going to be. Looking... Uh, to tomorrow night then Stephen looking at the games Rangers Livy we mentioned earlier I don't think well what do you reckon is going to happen <clears throat> well Livingston have won their two games since the break mm-hmm. you know so they shouldn't I'm saying not have any fears to go there but naturally when you go there as an away side Simon touched on because the pressure will build as the season goes on you want to almost try and build the pressure during the game 
you know, you don't want to give away an early goal which puts you in the back foot, which makes Rangers dominant. They'll go to frustrate, they'll be hard to play against. I think Giovanni said it himself, they'll be compact. So the longer the game goes or deeper into the game you go without conceding, that pressure starts to build. And then you want to see if the, 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 the players and the fans can cope with that pressure. Because if they can't, then that's when you can go and capitalise. So um, there's no doubt Rangers will dominate the ball. They will look to get the early goal, break the resistance. But Livingston are stubborn. You know, they're a stubborn side. I mean, they've changed so much since Davy Martindale first took the job when they were long ball, they were physical, they were, they were aggressive from long throws <clears> and set plays. He's went with a smaller side and they mm. want to try and play a little bit more. And I was always worried, could they make that change? They struggled at the start because they were bottom of the table for quite a while, but they've managed to get the grips with it. And they're starting to play. Bruce Anderson scoring a few goals. Yeah. Omionga midfield's a smashing mm. player. Auden Bailey, Jason Holt. So they've got, you know, more diminutive players, more technical players than as opposed to the bigger ones. So um, if they could go there and cause an upset, then certainly it would open a few people's eyes. Because this time last year it was all about Jets, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, I saw he was on the other day for Aberdeen. So, but a Rangers win, you reckon? Yeah. yeah. But I don't think it'll be two or three nil. I, I think it'll yeah. be by a single goal, which you know Rangers would probably take. Simon. Yeah, I would. I would say similar. I think Rangers will win the game, but it's interesting what Craig's is saying there because that is going to happen between Rangers and Celtic over the next few weeks when this race heats up. Home games, if you can't break down the opponent early doors, you're going to have the fans on your back a wee bit. Uh, it can be frustrating at times. I watched Livy frustrate the life out Celtic at Celtic Park recently. These games aren't foregone conclusions. So Rangers and Celtic have to go out and, and possibly win them. Having said that, I think Rangers will have too much. I think it will be a, a narrow win tomorrow night for Rangers. Rangers, uh, that last week, put in a, a letter of complaint about uh, the refereeing last week. And GVB was asked about it today, um, and this was his response. It's, it's easier to to assess those decisions after a game because, of course, in the heat of the game, you have to do decision in split seconds. Sometimes you don't do the right one. It's normal because we're all human beings. But um, in the end, I think the most positive thing that can come forward is to uh, make sure um, you know we learn from uh, the decisions who are made and and try to be better prepared for 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 the coming games. So I think we should see it as a positive thing because I think no one, uh, everyone in um, in his profession will assess his uh, performances. Myself as well as a coach, my players do do it all the time. So I don't think it has to be different for referees. What do you think of that, Stephen? Uh, I know this was obviously after the Aberdeen yeah. game. Well, if you speak to every manager, or every chairman, every board of director from different clubs, they all have grievances with referees. They're all upset with certain decisions. Um, you know, I, Motherwell have had, had them over the years when I played. I looked even at Ross County against Motherwell the other night. There was some dodgy decisions, the Alloa ones at the weekend for Celtic. So that's something that goes on throughout the game for other clubs. Whether they're pinpointing one referee and trying to finger point the one referee, I don't know. I think even in that game, Kevin Clancy had inconsistencies for both teams. Mm. So both teams could quite easily have put a letter into the league to say that there was disappointment and whatever have you. So, But certainly accountability is something that has to come to the fore. You know, referees, is it right to speak to them after the game? I don't know if it's the right time because no matter what answer they give, mm. it won't please everybody. You know, but they will have meetings with their with their delegate, with, with with their assessors, and they will be asked the question, mm. why did you give that? Why did you give that? What was that for? And as long as they give an explanation, and I've said before, can tick a box to say that's why they booked someone, that's why they give a penalty, that's why they didn't give it. I couldn't see it. There will always be an out for them. Mm. But you know what we can't forget is that without them we don't have a game. So we have to be careful what we do. Will VAR help? Mm. I don't know because 
refereeing and making a decision is a subjective decision. Of course. So even if I was a referee and you were a referee, Paul, if you didn't give a penalty, but I thought it was, then it doesn't matter. It's because yeah. how we see the law, how we interpret the law. So, you know, inconsistencies will happen from referee to referee. But when it happens within the same referee, I think that's the concern. And Rangers complain, as I understand it, they didn't mention the Alan McGregor incident where arguably it could have been a penalty. Now, I mean, watching at the time, I heard Andy Walker and Sky didn't think it was. It didn't look to me like a penalty. Then you see it again and again. Mm. My point is, and you had the Celtic chairman start of the season, Ian Banker, um, he called out Nick Walsh. I think and he mentioned about him. The club's... I think Rangers, if they'd added that, you might say, well, why would they say something that could have gone against their own club? But in the interest of the balance, well, why wouldn't you mention all the things that you think were wrong if you do? And I think we have to watch that people don't pile on, in general, against uh, a couple of referees. Because nobody wants to do it, or very few people want to be referees. <laughs> Simon, you too, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Horrible job. Horrible job, especially when things are going to heat up. between the, every, every decision is going to be under the microscope. Uh, I remember trying to referee games in blooming training hard enough you know with, with, with pressure but yeah it's, it's you know it's a, it's a strange one with the Rangers scenario because we watch the game and as you say he makes mistakes for both teams mm. so it's hard to say that he was in favour of one team or another because I thought there was poor decisions for both both sets of teams they're not in favour of other teams, are they? Whatever. Although, I, I sense what you were saying is that with Celtic and Rangers, and it's the same probably down south, like Chelsea, the bigger well, the club. At, you look at the one, yeah. what, what, you look at the Liverpool one, the yeah. penalty at the weekend. Yeah. VAR. Is it a penalty? No. You know, you've got VAR, Jota makes contact with the keeper. We could be arguing yeah. about it still sure. just now. Yeah. But that's where, yep. whenever people ask then, do you involve a former player? Not to make the decision, but to guide the officials of what they're mm. saying. Because uh, you know, a former player would quite easily say, "Listen, look at the player. He's trying to make contact with a goalkeeper. It's what he. All right, okay. And then that might just change the judgment or get to the right decision. Because if a referee's never played and never been in a in high intensity game or never been clipped in a game, he doesn't really know where. You know, mm -hmm. he, he's just looking at his his laws of the game and thinking, well, the laws of the game says this yeah. is what I have to do. Yeah. Whereas if players are manipulating the situation, yeah. then that's when I think you can look at it. And of course, they haven't played the game because they start so young to yeah. get on the career path there and they are helping the game and listen they drive everyone uh, they're, they're very trying at times but I do feel for them and I know I see it the, the boys and the girls football at the weekend and you know you hear the and, and I, I know uh, the parents are alright the ones we go to but sometimes the coaches yeah. the opposing coaches I'm like calm down a little bit these yeah. are they're 13 year olds 12 year olds um, who'd be a referee Stephen you get all the all the tea in China all the money in the world yeah absolutely would you do it for a million? No, a no year? chance. No, it's you a would. valid point, though. To you see, would. see somebody <laughs> that's played the game to yep. be in the VAR, whatever, yes. whatever they do, VAR. Yeah. I think it'd be helpful for somebody who's played the game to be in there advising. I think it, I think it gives a different angle. Yeah. Because the referees are just so regimented and saying, "This is what this is what These I see." These are the rules. These are the rules. This is what I see. Yeah. Where the former player can say, "Well, listen, look, look at his body. Look at his first contact." Or it may just give them a fresher idea or a fresher approach to try and make sure you get to the right decision and I mean you watch rugby Paul and you watch yeah. the Six Nations and you hear the, you hear the conversation going on live you can hear what they're discussing and then you get a better idea I think I see this no well listen this has happened okay and then it just it helps the whole situation as opposed to just being a closed book and that's what's happened you know what I've worked out my nephew John Cooney for the rugby lovers uh, for both of you who are listening of course the new rule he could play for Scotland in the next year he's only 31 he's not playing for Ireland anymore he's been in the Guinness Pro 
team, what, three years running? Four, four teams, but yeah. they, they just, you know, Farrell doesn't fancy him. So there you are. There's an exclusive. Mm. I haven't spoken to him, but he could play for Scotland next year. Wouldn't that be terrific? Back to the football. You're both going for Rangers tomorrow night. What about Hearts against Celtic then? What do you think, Stephen? <laughs> you know what? I'm really looking forward to the game because I think this is the best team that Robbie Nielsen has managed to, the best team he's built since he became a manager. There's so many good things about them. They're dynamic, they're strong, they've got pace in their team. Liam Boyce being <clears> fit from the weekend <throat> yeah. brings something a little bit different. Good to get him back. And uh, Yeah, and Tynecastle's been good. They've only lost one league game this season, which was against Rangers. So that evens it up. But the players Celtic are missing, I think it brings it even. But Celtic are, are, are going to be tough to stop. There's no doubt about it. They're a good side. They know how to win games. They've got a system that they trust and a system that, that works for them. Uh, I just worry the middle of the pitch. You know who will be the the players in there? I mean, if they thought, if they thought it was tough and intense at Alloa, it's going to be tough and intense at Tancastle. That's probably one of the most intense grounds in the country. So someone will get a culture shock tomorrow night. The pace will be frantic. It will be yeah, a, a really good advert. But I think Celtic will nick it. Did you love playing there as well? Most, Loved it. Yeah. Really good. Mm-hmm. Really intense. So close Played to the, some good yeah. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Simon, I know you loved it. We were all great club. atmosphere. Great yeah. atmosphere at Tancastle. I think. A lot of people have said the fans are on top of you. It's enclosed. It's hostile, which I quite liked going and playing uh, in the kind of games. But yeah, it's a, it's a great arena to go and play. I think the game will be really... This will be a difficult one for Celtic. Mm-hmm. This is a big one for Celtic. Uh, depleted. the strongest team, if you like. I think they might just nick it. But Ange is really going to be relying on his squad players tomorrow guys who wouldn't initially be in the, the, the strongest 11 and that's what it's about that's what gets you over the line you know who I'm going to ask you about he signed a four year contract in the summer he's done it at a high level in England James McCarthy is this his time is it his time has he got it still I hope so I hope so I think Celtic brought, they gave him a four year contract you know he showed signs I think the game at St Johnson was probably his best game of, of late mm-hmm. uh, just before the break He's maybe going to get the chance now. You know, he's, he's maybe found chances few and far between because they've been strong. You know, earlier in the season it was McGregor, Turnbull, Rogic. They've now brought the, the Japanese lads in to strengthen that position. This might be his chance, but that that's what the squad's there for. And especially in a, a, a title race, at times like this, you need your full squad. And what about this man? Here's the manager speaking about he scored at the weekend, almost scored two two goals in two minutes, just sneaked past the post. Of course, Gikamakis. Again, he's one of the ones who came in very late in the piece. Um, you know, he had some, you know, didn't do, really do a pre season for us. Um, uh, he didn't do a pre season anywhere. And any player will tell you that that puts him behind uh, the eight ball uh, straight away. And then he's had some setbacks in between. So the fact that over the the break he was able to you know we we gave the players a week off but he sort of kept coming in and, and did some really good work with the likes of Chris Julian and James Forrest and they almost had like a mini pre-season so yeah it, it is sort of the beginnings for him and you know now he you know he gets an opportunity to show people exactly why we did sign him and you know he, I thought he did well the other night particularly because he hasn't played 90 minutes um, you know he, he looked pretty strong he got he took his goal well and I'm sure he'll improve from that Simon, can he do it? Will he do it? He's another one. He's another one that I'm talking about. Squad players, up until now, certainly, hasn't stamped his authority over that position. Down to Kyogo doing really well. They've brought Mayed in, who I would probably say is going to be a foil for, for Kyogo. Jackie Mackis is probably behind those two just now. It's down to him. 
Uh, scores a good goal at the weekend. Could add another one. I think he just tries to lift it and it goes by the post. But yeah, took his goal really well. These are the guys, him, McCarthy. These these are guys when when your McGregor's and Kyogos and are out for whatever reason. Rogic is away. These are the guys that need to step up for Celtic. Uh, and he's got a great opportunity to to lead the line tomorrow. See, he's sat and watched enough football. Man said that he's been injured. So when you sit and watch, you look at how Kyogo played, or Mayer when he's came in. You thought. That's what a number nine has to do. So he's learned about Scottish football in the past five months and what did he expect from it. But he's also learned what Celtic require from a number nine. Coming towards the ball and linking up the play isn't always your only option. Sometimes you've got to turn and you've got to be prepared to run in behind. You can see how they press. You can see the starting positions of the front three. So you have to take all that on board. And then when you get your chance, you've got to go and try and replicate it. Because if you don't, then the manager says, what have you been watching? You know, because look how we play. Surely that's a... So it's been a good gauge for him. Five months he's been at the club. He should have learned an awful lot in these five months and he should be ready to hit the ground running. I love the insight from you two, having played the game. And in your case, very recently, Stephen, so somebody you know, James McCarthy, you must have come up against him when he was at Hamilton. I did. And, uh, he, he was different though. He was an attacking midfield player then. You know, he was someone who got in the box and got himself goals. You know, he's adapted his game. I mean, you can see him technically, how he moves the ball in, in his passing range. Mobility-wise, he looked as if he's he's lost a little bit. Hence the reason why maybe he's dropped back the pitch. His reading of the game's an awful lot better. But because he's been in and out and in and out and has never had a consistent run of games, you never actually get yourself up to full speed. When you think something's going well, then he's had a little niggles and knocks that's kind of put him off. We don't know what training he does during the week. But they're not going to give him a four-year deal if they don't think he's capable of going and playing in a Celtic midfield. So what's the barrier? Because he looks the part, doesn't he? When yeah. you see him, I mean, no, what is he only, that, what, that, 31? That, that's a difficult thing, yeah. though. See, if you're not playing regular mm. and see at clubs like Celtic and Rangers... Mm. You maybe don't get you don't get the leeway to right. There's six games to go and show it. You need yeah. to take the chance as soon as it comes. Now, if I'm James McCarthy and I'm looking at the injuries and I'm looking at the guys that are away, Rogic and that just now, I'm thinking this is a chance for me. I need to go in and take it and and, and keep my, my my place in this team. Same with Jackie Marcus. Uh They have to, and that that sometimes is the fine line between succeeding at clubs like that. You need to go and take that chance because you're not going to get the luxury of. There's six, seven games to go and show us what you can do. You could do worse than say, look at Tom Rogic. It looked as though, we all know, 18 months ago, he was off to the Middle East. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And um, you know, around, he, he wasn't quoted last yeah. season. And um, his influence was waning. He had a great year, of course. We things as well, Paul. Jackie yeah. Marcus, that Livingston game I was talking about, mm. they got a penalty yeah. at the last minute. He steps up, full credit to him to step up and take it. He misses it. Has to have a wee knock-on effect, yeah. you know. He's, he's trying to make his mark at Celtic, and he misses that. So you're hoping, from a Celtic point of view, the goal at the weekend gives him a lift, and you know tomorrow's a big one as well if he can go and perform in that. Fine margins. You're talking yeah, about things that is. we might be talking about in May, because that was when Celtic uh, dropped points, wasn't it? And yep. so why would did not Juranovic take it or the captain at the time, uh, Callum McGregor? So. Slim margins. Talking of slim, we're going to be speaking to Rob McLean just after the break. I don't know where that one came I thought, from. I thought you said slim there. Yeah, and Burns night. So let's get, will we challenge him for a wee bit of Burns? I'm sure he, that well-educated man, Rob, will have something for us just after this. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go. Burns Night 2022. <clears throat> For far, you're on a sunsy face. Great chief to know. The football race, Stephen Craigan, <laughs> Simon Donnelly. 
And Paul Cooney here on the Go Radio Football Show. Some, well, news we gave you uh, this afternoon. Yanis Hadji, he had uh, surgery yesterday and he's out, to, well, for the rest of the season. He's just tweeted, I know there'll be some tough times ahead of me as well, but I definitely see this as an opportunity to discover, to discover and develop myself as a person and a football player. And I'll come back better than ever. The road to recovery begins. Thank you for all the kind messages. And Simon, you'd want to wish him all the best, Yanis uh, Hadji. Yeah, 100%. Football's a short career. Uh, he's missing out on a lot of football just now. And an important season as well that I'm sure he would have wanted to be involved in. Uh, so yeah, I wish him a, a speedy recovery. And it was quite some surgery yesterday uh, on his knee. Reconstruction, we believe. Mm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It'll be interesting to see what it was or how long he would possibly be. You know, Giovanni ruled him out for the rest of this season. You know, for the player's sake, he hopes that will be it and he can get himself back over pre-season. And it's hard sometimes to look that far ahead because there's so many big games coming up. Borussia Dortmund coming up in the uh, in Europe. Title race, Scottish Cup still to play for. So I think as time goes on, he'll get a little bit frustrated. But you know, he said there himself, he'll go and find himself and he'll work hard and it'll test his mental resilience. So uh, fingers crossed he's back soon. Shall we go to Rabbi McLean? <laughs> <laughs> The Bard is with us. Rob, good evening. You did say Bard there, didn't you? <laughs> I, I did indeed. Are you going to give us a wee bit of Burns? We sleek it, current timorous beastie. Oh, what a panic's in thy breastie. Thou needna start a wah say hasty. We bicker in brattle. That's about it. That's when I run out. He is available. <laughs> David Means, the agent, he is available for Burns suppers. I'll give you one, Rob. Come ease or come travel, come pleasure or pain... I think his commentaries are great. My worst <laughs> word is welcome and welcome again. So that's from contented with little canty we mayor. Uh, you'll, you'll, when you get home tonight, you'll have some haggis, neeps and tatties. Yeah, Rob? Oh, I would have, I would have thought so. Um, I think we go to the judging panel now, don't we? The two Messrs Donnelly and Craig and to, to give Mark uh, 10 for those two efforts. Very we'll, impressed with both. We'll, Very we'll, impressed with both. We'll maybe do that at the end. So you said 10, Rob. Out of 10. <laughs> exactly. Out of three. Uh, Rob, so St Mirren yeah. Aberdeen tonight. It's, uh, well, it's been some weekend with the Cup. Enjoyed the show last night as well with Barry and you know that uh, the player, there's a notice of complaint against him but Barry gave such yeah. a you know, a resolute defence of his players last night yeah. and I see it in the paper again today. So we'll maybe touch on that before the end of the show, but St Mirren, yeah. big game for them, up against Aberdeen as well tonight and, and you've got the team news. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, last Tuesday uh, for St Mirren w was their first league win since mid-October, so um, the, they've been needing it badly. They're drawing lots of games, of course, Uh They've won one, drawn six, lost five of the last 12. So, But Jim Goodwin will hope they can launch on a little run here. Aberdeen will have other ideas. Uh, they made three strong changes to the team tonight, Samarun. Uh, Alan Power is back in. Eamon Brophy is back in. And maybe most significantly of all, Jamie McGrath's back in the team. Missed the last two games. Been lots of speculation uh, about transfer for him, even to Aberdeen. That, mm. was, that, that, that was one of the stories that was brewing. Um, I, I still think there's a fair chance he's going to go by the end of the window. But certainly, you know, his head is right enough, according to his manager, to come back into the team tonight. So, you know, he, he, he definitely is a big bonus to St. Mirren, and he, and he increases their chances of, of getting a win tonight. So, Anakin goals, Fraser Shocknessy, Dunn and Tanzer, uh, Alan Power and Connor Ronan, uh, Jamie McGrath in front of them, 
uh, Jay Henderson, the 19-year-old wide right, Greg Kilty on the left side, and Eamon Brophy through the middle uh, for uh, St. Mirren. So that looks a pretty strong team as far as they are concerned. They need goals. I mean, goals is the big problem for them because they've scored eight in their last 12. So it's not difficult to see where the, the problem lies for them. Aberdeen have come out of the winter break really well. That draw with Rangers, uh, that could have been even a win at Pataudry. And then they, they blew away Edinburgh City in the Scottish Cup at the weekend. Uh, th- this fixture has produced 10 goals in two games, two meetings of them. It was 3-2 St Mirren here in September. It was 4-1 last month for Aberdeen at Pataudry. Aberdeen just made one change uh, to the team who played pretty impressively at the weekend. Johnny Hayes is out, I presume injured. Uh, and Dean Campbell comes in, and Dean Campbell has played left-back for them this season, uh, so I presume that's just a straight swap. Lewis and goals, Ramsey, McCrory, Bates and Campbell, Brown, Ojo, Ferguson, who made it 10 goals for the season at the weekend. Teddy Jenks, who is becoming more of a factor in their team at the moment. Ryan Hedges, still an Aberdeen player. Um, lots of speculation that he could go before the window shuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christian Ramirez up front, um, 12 goals he got to um, at the weekend. Um, it, 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 it has guaranteed goals in the last couple of games, five in each of them, Craigs. So I guess that guarantees nil-nil then tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine so, Rob. But it's interesting you talk, you just talked on the St Mirren team, you mentioned Greg Kilty because he was a signing in the summer where everybody thought, can, you know, that could make a difference for St Mirren. But he didn't really play a part in the first half of the season but then the two games since the break, he's had more of an impact. So maybe Jim has eventually found a way to get him into the team and he's starting to adapt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's a he's a clever player um, and maybe being in the same team as Jamie McGrath gives them uh, a bit more creativity. Connor Ronan has had impact for them uh, as well. Alan Power gives them what his surname suggests. It gives them that sort of solidity and ball-winning uh, in the middle, Jay Henderson is lively uh, down the sides. So, I mean, Simon, I don't know what you think, but that, that, that's a pretty good-looking team, isn't it? And, it, you know, you, Jimmy McGraw will be a player that you really appreciate remembering the, the way you played. Um, and, and, you know, even just for this game uh, and maybe one more before he moves, uh, you know, you could still deliver some, uh, some value here for St Mirren. Yeah, and I think... Uh... This is a tough one to call actually tonight between the two of them. I think they've both came back after the break with good results in the league and the cup. So I think this could be, I know you promised goals, I think, Rob, there. I think it could be a tight affair and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a draw. You think the draw, Stephen, what was your Well, prediction? it's interesting, Rob, touched on it. St Mern have won one home game. They've won one home game this season mm-hmm. in the league and it was against Aberdeen. Yeah. So mm-hmm. going on form, St Mern win at home, Aberdeen win at home. I think St Mirren might nick it tonight. Rob, finally, um, obviously you had the news today, Yanis Hadji out yeah. for the rest of the season. So uh, Joe was asking GVB and they are probably going to be in the market for somebody because, and Celtic as well, is still not rolling out going for more players in the next six days. Do you think there'll be a wee bit more activity? Yeah, I, I think there's a fair chance. I mean, I, they're probably both trying to evaluate at the moment to see what they've got, to see the the length of the absences, because, I mean, if Hadji was out for three weeks, then you, you could probably cover that yeah. uh, and wait for him coming back. But the fact he's out for the whole season um, and, he, and he does fill various roles in the team is, 
as the guys have have spoken about. Um, you know, I mean, I think Celtic have got more serious absentees at the moment, mm. more integral to what they do. You know, the likes of Kyogo and Rogic and 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 the captain Callum McGregor. And it was interesting. I mean, I, I did I heard uh, Ange Postecoglou speaking earlier on when you played it, and it, it was interesting his choice of words, wasn't it? That he said uh, the environment wasn't controlled properly. Yeah. You know, and it's difficult to know what, what was he referring to. You know, the management of Alawa from the touchline, the control of the players, or, or was he, or was he talking there about refereeing and actually handling issues on the on the pitch? You know, it was mm. it, it was a difficult phrase to completely analyse, wasn't it? I think he left it open to interpretation, and that was powerful stuff from Barry last night. So you heard us talk about it earlier yeah. on. Barry, obviously, is it training at the moment? Alawa on a Tuesday night have got training, uh, but at least they're coming out and talking about it, and that was great stuff from him last night. But you know, you can imagine from a Celtic point of view yet the, the Callum McGregor the, the captain out uh, and although the headlines today said it's not as bad you know he's a bit better but he's giving nothing away about when he will be back Rob you'll be back with us uh, on Thursday evening yeah we'll see you then we'll I will hear from indeed. you yeah I will thanks Rob yeah. enjoyed the burn stuff thanks so you. much take care thanks a lot cheers, cheers Rob cheers Rob will be back uh, Thursday night he's at the game tonight that should be a good game isn't it St Mirren Aberdeen yeah, yeah. As I said, Rob's kind of mentioned the goals are sometimes that works against, mm. but both teams are in form. You know, it's that's why it's a difficult one. Uh, and I just see it being a draw. I think uh, St Mirren have drawn a lot of games this year and, and, and turned one last week, thankfully for them, into a win. But I think there'll be another draw tonight. One minute remaining. What about Motherwell against Hibs? Oh. Just uh, briefly, who's going to yeah. win you first, Simon? Again, another tight one. I think yep. I'm just going to opt for Motherwell being Both at home. For yep. Motherwell, I think Motherwell might get a result. Mm. Sean Maloney would like that. Martin Boyle Boyle missing, Boyle. Yeah. yeah, I think Martin Boyle missing is huge. Yeah. I think he takes away a bit of Hibs fear. Mm. So Sean Maloney's going to have to adapt or evolve a system that suits them. Uh, Kevin Van Veen's been brilliant for Motherwell over the last number of weeks. Young Ross Tierney came on at the weekend. Young boy, the sign from Bohemians in Dublin he's got great energy about him Liam Donnelly scored a great goal so I'm Simon I'm going to go for a home win Dundee United Ross County oh Just away win at the away win for Ross County. Tomorrow night. Ross County. Simon your result what would you say Dundee United uh, yeah, or Ross County I think Just United good result at the weekend but I think County United and scoring goals what about St Johnson Dundee oh, have to go with St Johnson right. it's a must win for them for Callum I think the fear will be on not getting beat so I think we'll end up with a draw a draw okay yeah. Simon, Stephen, thanks so much for joining us this time tomorrow night. Barry Ferguson, Davy Proven and myself. And uh, yeah, we'll be just previewing the big matches, especially Hearts against Celtic and Rangers against Livingston. Uh, the news is up next and then Jokal Day. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.